0: James. We're in James chapter number one. If you have your Bibles, go there. James chapter one, verse number 13 and following. We've been walking through <clears throat> the book of James and this morning. We're in verse number 13 and uh, talking about a subject, uh, temptation. Uh, temptation, the invisible killer. Uh, heard a story, read a story, in fact, uh, about a, a town in northeast Pennsylvania in 1958 uh, they built a little brick building downtown, and it housed the police station, the fire station, and city hall. And, uh, and it was a fantastic building. They built it, red brick little building. And, uh, and, and, and all of a sudden, uh, two months after they moved in, they had a big ribbon-cutting ceremony. They moved into this building. Two months after they moved into the building, uh, they noticed cracks on the walls. And, uh, and, and over the next several months, what happened is all of a sudden the windows quit working, the doors quit shutting right, uh, 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 the, the, the roof gave way. And uh, within one year's time, they said that this building has been condemned. So they hired a law firm to f- check it out, what was going on, and come to find out what happened was nearby there was some mining that was taking place. And they were they were exploding, uh, you know, underground. It, it wasn't very far away, and it was shaking the foundation of the building. Uh, you didn't see what was happening on the outside, but the foundation had shifted underneath it, and it was invisible. And And I think about life, and I think about where we are today, and, and if we're not careful, there are these invisible uh, uh, explosions that happen along the way then nobody else is aware of happening but you are and uh and and this temptation this subject of temptation is something that destroys many people if we don't respond to it properly. Uh, When you're talking about the subject of temptation, all of us deal with temptation because we're people. So we all deal with temptation, but how do we deal with it in a proper manner? James chapter number one answers the question. It's interesting. Well, let me just go ahead and read the text. James chapter one, verse number 13 and following. The Bible says, let no one say when he is tempted that I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by Evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then, when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation. Or shifting shadow. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. And, uh, and, and it's interesting again because when we're dealing with <clears throat> this subject of temptations, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's right on the heels of trials. And so, and so the question's got to be asked is there a correlation between trials and temptations? Uh, uh, understanding this, that when you're talking about the Word, actually the Word that's used, the root of the Word, for both trials and temptations, trials in verse number 2, temptations in verse number 13 of James chapter number 1, the root is the same, but there's something called contextual uh, uh, interpretation. In other words, the, 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 the meaning of the Word has a variety of meanings in the English language, and so depending upon the context within it is being used, we understand what the Word ought to be. Therefore, that's why in your Bible, some of them might have the same word. Uh, many versions or translations use two different words because trials and temptations. Now, so the question has to be asked: Is there a correlation between the two trials and temptations? To which I would say, yeah, I believe that sometimes what happens to us, we all go through these trials along the way, and oftentimes a trial. Uh, 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 in the midst of our trial, we are tempted to find an answer to our trial. For example, we've been reading through the book of Ruth and and uh, and no Ruth and Samuel. Uh, we're all we've been reading. We've been reading a lot of stuff on Sunday nights. We've been reading a lot of stuff. So, so in, in the book of Ruth, <clears throat> and in the book of Ruth, uh, if you know the story, uh, there was a family that was living uh, uh, among the, in the promised land, and there was a famine in the land. And so, rather than staying and trusting God in the midst of that land, they went off and went over to enemy territory. What was happening? They were tempted in the midst of a trial to take care of themselves rather than trusting in God. So sometimes in the middle of our trials that we go through, uh, we try to figure out an answer. We're tempted. In fact, sometimes we're tempted to question the goodness of God if I'm in the midst of a trial. Temptations, they come. And so they come on, again, the inside. There's a difference, again, between trials and temptations. Contextually, we know that trials, uh, God uses trials to develop us. God uses trials for our good. Temptations come from the devil to destroy us. In fact, the Bible says in John chapter number 10 and in verse number 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, but I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly and so we have these again temptations come on the inside in fact the bible says in verse number 13 let no one say when he is tempted i am being tempted by god in other words he's simply saying hey listen it's going to happen temptation is going to happen when you got baptized we we did not your flesh wasn't drowned to death In other words, when you got saved, you still have this flesh on the inside, and so your flesh is, again, susceptible to temptation. That's what happens to us. Along the way, nobody is immune from temptation. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10 and in verse number 13, the Bible says this, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. In other words, what happens to us along the way is we will be tempted. Nobody is immune from temptation. Sometimes you look and you say, well, they must not deal with the things that I deal with, to which I would say, yes, we all deal with the same stuff. It just depends on how we respond to the moment of temptation. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 15. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Even Jesus himself was, <clears throat> again, tempted along the way. It's interesting how we respond. That's, that's really where the rubber meets the road. How do you respond? In fact, sometimes what we do is we, 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 we try to use the blame game. When we fail, especially, we use the blame game. And that's what society teaches us to do, just blame somebody else whenever we have our struggles along the way. And in fact, we've seen it in our government. First first government we ever had, <clears throat> what they did all of a sudden, we saw the, the passing of the buffalo. Uh... Last night, too. But anyways, uh, the passing of the buffalo. Uh, But not only the passing of the buffalo, today we have the passing of the buck. That's what happens today. What is it? It's the blame game. It hadn't rained in a week. Must be Trump's fault. We, we, we have this blame game, and I know that that's just making a little bit light and having a little bit of fun this morning, but I'm just simply saying that's exactly what happens to us as people when we are in the middle of our struggles, when we, especially when we give in to temptation. We have an excuse. We blame somebody else to which I would say, hey, listen, don't ever blame anybody else for your own failures. I am responsible for my actions. I am always responsible for my actions. It wasn't the stress at work that made you drink. It wasn't your children that are crazy that caused you to smoke. Hey, it wasn't because my wife didn't meet my needs, therefore I'm going to go out with some hussy somewhere, destroy my family. Don't blame it on that. My husband just doesn't understand me. Oh, but that sorry slime bucket does. Y'all all all right? That's the blame game. That's the blame game. And James knows that in the moment of temptation, especially when we struggle along the way, we have an excuse. And that's been happening ever since the beginning of time. I mean, you look back to the Garden of Eden. We saw in the Garden of Eden where all of a sudden Adam and Eve, they sinned against God. And and God had a confrontational moment. Do you remember the story? God has a confrontational moment with Adam and Eve. and says, Adam, what in the world happened? And he said, well, you know, this woman who you gave me, she made me do it. The blame game. Eve, what happened? What a serpent, the serpent. He deceived me. And The serpent didn't have legs to stand on, but nonetheless. <laughs> and Genesis chapter number 3, verse number 12. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. Genesis chapter 3, verse 12, and you can go back and read it. I don't even know if it's up there. But Adam implicated God when he failed. God said, what'd you do? Well, the woman you gave me, do you hear it? Implicating God. That's why James right here says, hey, listen, don't play the blame game when it comes to temptation, especially when you fail. Because God doesn't tempt anyone. In fact, he says, you need to understand how temptation works. James. And so, James gives us basically a frame-by-frame a frame picture <clears throat> of what temptation looks like when it comes. Now, in life, oftentimes, we don't have the frame-by-frame frame breakdown because it happens sometimes. But James, in this text, says, hey, you need to understand some things about this issue of temptation number one the origination of temptation where does it come from where does the temptation come from he says it doesn't come from god in verse number 13 let no one say when he's tempted i'm being tempted by god for god cannot be tempted by evil and he himself does not tempt anyone. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter number 6 and verse number 3, our God is holy. He's holy. That's who he is. And he called out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of all the earth. He's holy. Therefore, there is no temptation in him. So where does it come from in verse 14? Each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lust. comes from within you and it comes from within me lust is is a word that means uh uh, heat it means fire it means a burning desire from within And that's what he's saying he's saying hey you know what happens is you get led away by your own lust on the inside in fact paul in romans chapter 7 and verses 18 and following paul said it Like this, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I am doing the very thing that I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. with my flesh, the law of sin. It comes from the inside. <clears throat> and inside of all of us, we have natural desires. We have natural desires, and they ignite a burning. You see, when, when, when we're talking about this word <clears throat> for lust, oftentimes we use it exclusively to talk about a sexual appetite, and the Bible doesn't give it an exclusive Uh, to sexual appetite it's just simply a word saying hey you you have these burning desires that are natural that are given to you by God Almighty in other words you have a desire for hunger right I mean if you haven't eaten for a while you have a burning desire and all of a sudden it's like man I'm I'm really getting hungry and 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 before you know it it's like I, I need to take care of that business right there I need to eat and so, and so you have that desire. Some of you have this burning desire to sleep this morning. So wake up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a natural desire that we are born with. And sexual desire would be another one that we're born with. The problem, the problem is when we try to satisfy the natural desire in sinful ways. That's where the problem comes. And that's where the temptation comes. You get tempted to do this because of this desire that's within the heart of all of us. And so, just to understand again where it comes from, it comes from within my own heart. Therefore, what I need to do and what I must do is assume full responsibility to my actions that are oftentimes dictated by the desires of my heart. You see, there's this leading away when it comes to lust. Its origination comes from within. So we're led from within, but we're not only led from within, we're also baited from without. There's a drawing on the outside as well, the deception of temptation. What happens to us along the way is all of a sudden there is something that is put in front of us. Verse number 14 talks about, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. He uses two different words and it is picture uh, uh, for us to understand what's happening on the outside. Do you realize there's not a person in this building that's exempt from this? You are a person that is being preyed upon and fished for. You're being preyed upon and fished for. The Bible says in 1 Peter, and we're going to say, what are you say, what are you talking about? I'm going to get there. But 1 Peter, the Bible says it this way in 1 Peter chapter number 5 and in verse number 8. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert, your adversary, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Do you know that he is actively seeking to take you out. And the Bible describes him like a lion. You ever ever, ever watch, like, Animal Planet, although that's not on anymore, but, you know, I I watch these animal shows. You watch these animal shows. I, I, I love these animal shows. But one thing about a lion is they don't exert a lot of energy, but they stalk their prey. And what they do is they wait for the vulnerable moment where I don't really have to run very far to take you out. And that's what the devil does. What's he doing? Waiting and watching. For the vulnerable moment when you're not paying attention. And he pounces. The Bible says here in verse number 14, he says when he is carried away when he's carried away you know what that is that is a fisherman's term and some of you are fishermen in here and that's a fisherman's term carried away is a is, is a word that means baited baited what are you doing well what you're doing is you're covering the hook that you're wanting to set you're hiding that hook with bait and that bait is something that is appealing to the desire of the little fish you ever been fishing Fish are some stupid animals, I'm telling you. But they're smart at the same time. (laughs) They're smart enough to know you just throw a little hook in there and they're not going to bite it. I'm not biting that, idiot. What are you doing? But it's interesting because you can fish on a bed of fish and throw that bait down in there and you can (laughs) pop them one right after the next. Even though they see their friends and family being filleted. You know why? Because that bait has blinded them to the hook. And people do the same thing. You ever seen a man lose his family? A wife walk away from her family? And yet it happens again and again and again and again. Why? Because when the right bait comes along, you forget about the hook. And he says, You know what happens in that moment of love? You've you got this burning desire, and something comes along that appeals to the desire in an ungodly manner. Temptation. Temptation. And that's what it looks like. It's like fishing. And we're going to talk about how to respond when we're being fished for. But he says, not only are you fished for, but when you're enticed, when you're enticed away. You know what that is? That's trapped. That's that's talking about uh, when you're trapping an animal. The animal doesn't see the cage for what's on the inside. They don't see the danger of what's going to happen because of the bait on the inside. You got trapped. You got trapped. And you know what happens to us if we're not careful? The desire within becomes so great that you don't see the danger without. That's what happens. <clears throat> you want to see that in action? I mean, I mean we can see that in action. There's so many illustrations and we can use personal stories if we want to use personal stories. But you can go back in Scripture, and we've been reading, in fact, not long ago through Genesis, where Lot and Abram. Lot, all he could see when given the opportunity. Hey, where do you, you choose the land, Lot, you choose the land. All he saw was a well-watered plain. He didn't see the wicked people. and it cost him. It cost him. And that's what happens in the moments of temptation. We just don't see the danger. And then all of a sudden, the hook gets set. Verse number 15, the consummation of temptation. The Bible says, "...then when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin." And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Sin is referred to here as a newborn baby and then as a grown-up. A newborn baby and then as a grown-up. And it really is talking about the fleeting pleasure of sin. The fleeting pleasure (coughs) of sin. Hebrews chapter number 11, the Bible talks about it in this way. In Hebrews chapter 11 and in verse number 25, (coughs) the Bible says it like this. Choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Just a reference to, again, Moses. (coughs) Proverbs chapter 20, verse number 17 Back in Proverbs chapter number 20 and verse number 17, the Bible says it uh, like this. Bread obtained by falsehood is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be filled with gravel. The passing pleasures of sin. <clears throat> that happens. You know, <clears throat> these desires that the devil uses in your life are, are like cotton candy. It's a fleeting pleasure. It doesn't last very long. You know what I'm talking about? You ever watch Jimmy Neutron? I mean, here's a theological point for you. (laughs) And and, In the movie Jimmy Neutron, the parents disappeared and all the kids, they got together and they were just having a big time. And there was one little boy, and he's on there, he was crying, he was crying. He said, we had a cotton candy eating contest and I won. Oh, it tasted so good for a moment. But he was sick. From the impact and that's what sin does that which we see and say man i gotta have it it only lasts for a little while and so james is saying hey you know what it's like it's like a little baby i mean i mean i think about these little we've, we've been having a slew full of babies lately <clears throat> and i love holding these little babies <laughs> And they're so cute and cuddly when you hold them. But then they grow up. (laughs) And James says, that's what it's like. That's what it's like. Uh, What do you mean? What do you mean? That's what it's like. Well, here's here's what I mean, what that's like. Man, that flirting around the office sure is cute and sassy. you lose your family. Hey, that, that, that 21 coming of age drink was a good one. Until you become an alcoholic. Oh, it's all cute and cuddly in the beginning. And the devil will use that and he will set the hook within you. That's what happens in the moment of temptation. And for the lost, that sin is eternal damnation. For the saved, puts me out of fellowship with my Father. Maybe even today you're here and you would say, man, I know what you're talking about. I'm out of fellowship. The joy of my salvation is, Remember it was David that said, Oh God, restore the joy to me of my salvation. Create within me a clean heart. Why? Because you feel like dirt. And that's what happens. On the outside, everybody sees him coming to church and boy, he's looking good on Sunday morning. But some of you, your foundation is shifted. And you're crumbling. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. He goes on, he says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of firstfruits among his creatures. <clears throat> Just talking about the perfection of God. Why does he go there? You know how he goes there? You ever have a, a child? I mean, I mean, many of us have been around children. Some of us still are children growing up. And when a child doesn't get what they, their desire wants, you know what they do? They question the goodness of mom and daddy. You must not love me. (laughs) I do love you, and I'm trying to take care of you and give you what's best for you. But you know what they do is they question the goodness of the giver. And that's what people do with God. Well, he is kind of stifling me in this moment said Eve to the serpent. I mean, we don't have the opportunity to take from anywhere we would like. I mean, he's kind of taking away from me. And we've been to question the goodness of God. And James understands that. And so James is saying, hey, listen... When you are struggling with that temptation and in the midst of that, you begin to question the goodness of God, you remember that every good and perfect gift has come from God and you are always on his heart. Your good is at the center of his heart and there's no shadow of turning within. In other words, he's not going to one day say, oh, let me try to trip him up and give him something sorry. No, you, God has your good upon his heart. So don't ever question the goodness of God. In the exercise of His will, He brought us forth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits among His creatures. What's James saying? James is saying, Hey, listen. <clears throat> you are not an animal, so don't live like one. What do you mean? Animals simply live according to basic instinct. That's how they live. That's how they function. Whatever my flesh wants, that is what I do. With total disregard to the God that created them. And he says, hey, you're not like another animal. You are God's masterpiece. So don't live according to the flesh. So how do you overcome temptation? Because you will deal with temptation along the way. In fact, it doesn't take long to deal with temptation along the way, doesn't it? I mean, this morning you'll be filled with the Spirit and all of a sudden it'll leak out whenever somebody cuts you off when you are leaving the parking lot. I mean, it just happens quick. (laughs) So how do you deal with temptation? Number one, number one, Flee it when you see it. Flee it <clears throat> when you see it. You know the Bible says in Second Timothy chapter number two, verse number twenty-two. 2 Timothy chapter two, and in verse number twenty-two, now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. The picture that comes to mind is Joseph with Potiphar's wife. Remember the story? Potiphar's wife is trying to seduce a young man. And Joseph said, I ain't got time for this. And he split. He ran. See, we're living in a day where people would say, oh, that's an overreaction. To which I would say, no, that's a godly reaction. You know what the problem is? We don't see hook nothing wrong with talking to a woman okay you better see the hook I'm not saying men don't talk to ladies okay that's not what I'm suggesting hey but when you feel a flicker in your heart when you're talking to a woman you better stop lady When you see that man, he just understands me, danger, flee, number one. Number two, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter number 5 and in verse number 16. Galatians 5 and verse number 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. I'm grateful that God Almighty has given us His Holy Spirit to guide us and to guard us. So be careful not to quench or to grieve the Holy Spirit. How do you grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, here's what happens. When you're in those questionable moments, whatever they look like for you, whatever they look like for you, the Holy Spirit of God Begins a conviction process. He convicts you. Huh? Stop. Stop. And we can be foolish and blow through it, or we can be controlled to be filled by the Holy Spirit and say, you know what? I don't even see the danger he's talking about, but the Holy Spirit of God is convicting me. And I need to be obedient. To him and be careful because sometimes we want to talk to others and say what, what do you think what do you think about this <clears throat> if the Holy Spirit of God has said stop then stop pray pray Hebrews chapter number 4 And in verse number 16, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. He's talking about those times of temptation that come our way. Oh God, I need you right now. Help me. Help me. The Word of God, number 4. The word of God, <clears throat> you've got to be in the Word of God. The Bible says it in Psalm number 119, verse number 11. Psalm 119, verse number 11 Your Word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. <clears throat> the Bible is a weapon of warfare, and you know what happens. as the Word of God can be used to cut you loose. God, help me choose the Bible and not debate. The fact of the matter is, temptation's real. And we're going to struggle along the way in this journey. But I wonder this morning if anybody here would say, you know what, I'm like that little building in Pennsylvania. Others might not see it. But I'm crumbling underneath because I've given in. And maybe today you're here and you'd say, you know what? I need somebody to help me. I need somebody to help me. That's what the church is about. Church isn't a place where there's condemnation. Church is a place where brothers and sisters can come together and recognize, you know what? That bait that got you It doesn't appeal to me. Fish, right? Fish. Hot dogs will catch some brim, but there's some fish that ain't going to bite on hot dogs. What are you saying? I'm saying there's a bait for everybody's taste buds. There, but by God's grace, go I. God help me. In this journey. God help me to stand. God help me. Would you do me a favor and join me for a time of prayer? As we pray and before I pray. I just want you to know. That God loves you so much. And he wants a relationship with you. He wants the best for you. And today, if you've never called on His name to be saved, to be born again, then I want to give you that opportunity today. So for you, the decision is, man, I I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of that sin is death, separation eternally. Oh, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. See, Jesus came into this world because he loves you. And he laid his life down on a cross to save you, shed his blood to pay the price for your sin. And you know what? He did pay the price completely. They put him in a grave, and three days later he rose from the dead. And he's alive. And He wants a relationship with you, not just religion and going to church, but a relationship. And today, if you don't have a relationship, I'm inviting you to call on His name. Call on His name today. Hey, maybe you hear brothers and sisters, and you're struggling. You're in the midst of it. Man, the temptation's great. Hey, maybe maybe you're even here in... And you've bit the bait. Hey, you come to Jesus and He'll set you free. Today, you come. We're going to pray. We're going to sing a song. And after we sing the song, we're going to wait for you this morning. And so I'm just going to invite you to come. Come. Oh, God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your goodness to us. And, God, in this moment, I pray that you would search us, that you would have your way. Oh, God, that you would set prisoners free. God, that you would save souls. Lord Jesus, we need you today. Thank you for this moment. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.